0: Before I get to my next guest, David Purcell, I want to remind you about a couple of our sponsors, starting with our friends over at Two Under. Two Under Men's Performance Briefs have just released their new Spring and Summer 22 collections, with fun, new, and exciting prints like the Freedom 2 and 3, Santa Fe, Tigers, Zebras, and Duckies, and their new exclusive Folds of Honor collection, where they donate 20% of all Folds of Honor sales proceeds to that cause. U-N-D-R dot com. Two Under, performance in your pants. Use code NEXTT20, that's N-X-T-T-E-E-20, for a 20% discount on the Two Under website. Also want to give a shout out to our friends over at Golf Pride. In golf, light grip pressure releases power. Golf Pride engineered a secret the pros know. A larger lower hand encourages lighter pressure. Plus Four technology is designed with four additional layers which reduces tension in the lower hand to generate more power. Play plus four and release the secret that pros know. Now available on Tour Velvet, the winningest grip on Tour. Grip confidence, grip golf pride. Okay, now back and next on the tee with me is David Purcell. David is the founder and CEO of Farm Links at Purcell Farms. Purcell Farms has been ranked as Alabama's number one all-access golf course for the last 10 years by Golf Week magazine. Golf Advisor is also ranked at the number one course in the state of Alabama. David is an Auburn alumni, graduated with his degree in commercial art. He founded Farm Leaks back in 2003, and it's an honor to have him back with me again tonight here on Next on the Tee. Hey, David, thanks for coming back on the show.
1: Thank you, Chris. Glad to be here.
0: David, there have been a lot of exciting things going on there at Purcell Farm since we spoke last year. You brought in Trip Davis to give the course a fresh visual component and change it strategically. Talk about some of the changes that Tripp made.
1: Yeah, actually, uh we uh we have been uh we're entering into our nineteenth year this year since the course opened. And uh the course has gotten a lot of play. Obviously people like it and uh uh but as as the course ages uh, um, there are things that need to be, uh, looked into and repaired. And, uh, our bunkers had, had, uh, you know, gotten old. The drainage was, uh, you know, stopping up. The course was built in 2003. So it, it had, you know, that, that older technology type of, uh, drainage and, uh, um, you know, the, the sand was a little bit discolored. It's, Still, you know, it was, it was, it was fine, but what we were finding is that, uh, you know, a lot of times you would put, to to keep sand on the face of the bunker, uh, it would get a little bit too thick. And next thing you know, people are hitting into it and it would, uh, plug and basically almost be unplayable at, at times. So, um, so we hired, uh, Trip and, uh, he did a, he did a great job. I was so impressed. I, I, I was familiar. I'd heard of Trip before, but, uh, we have a, a partner now, uh, called Escalante Golf and they're, uh, they're actually out of, uh, Dallas, Fort Worth, but, uh, they helped, they brought, uh, Trip in and, uh, also David Welchel, uh, who was with Herds and Fry. Uh, he was the original uh he did the- original routing of our course back in uh, the early 2000s. uh so what we wanted to do is to uh not just redo the bunkers but really to rethink them and to maybe move some of them to reduce square footage uh if possible and to eliminate some. We actually added some so it was it was very fascinating to watch trip who who, uh, you know, he himself was a terrific golfer, uh, at Oklahoma and, uh, he, he's an artist as well. Uh, I was so impressed just watching him design each bunker. He would, he would do a, a drawing and then he would go out with a paint can and, uh, and we would talk about every bunker. We'd look at it from the tee. We'd look at it from the green, uh, and, and just try to, think through, okay, what do we need to do to improve this hole visually and certainly from a playability standpoint, and and then to eliminate uh, any uh, square footage of sand that we really didn't need, that was not necessarily strategic to the hole, or maybe just, you know, we played it for so many years. I mean, there, there was literally a – I've been playing this course uh, since, you know, since it opened. Probably nobody's played it more than than myself, and there were a couple of bunkers that I had never hit into and I'm like, you know that's kind of crazy because you know, I kind of sprayed the ball all <laughs> over the place but so we were able to eliminate some and um uh, maintaining bunkers is one of the most expensive parts of golf course maintenance, and to do it to do it well um if you could start off with a properly designed bunker. And that's what we've got now. It was so so uh, fun to be a part of that. It was almost as, as fun watching FarmLink being built uh, back in 2002, and uh, just to, to see this this whole transformation of the the look and the strategy, and to make it more playable and easier to maintain.
0: David, talk about the bunker design and the drainage system. And how you go about putting all of that together, because you don't just dig a hole and throw some sand in it. Talk about how that whole draining system works.
1: Yeah, this one was a was a little bit different. Uh, Is a pretty fair amount of engineering that goes into it. Uh, first of all, you want to try to eliminate any, um, you know, like runoff from other parts of the course to drain into a bunker. You want to kind of flash your bunker to where it eliminates as much of that as possible so that you, uh you know, really with the only, uh, water that you get into your bunker might either come from irrigation or from direct rainfall, but not necessarily from a flow of water coming down a hill into a bunker. So, um, So the, the drainage actually is, uh, is engineered and every bunker is different. That's the cool thing. And these, these guys, they come in, uh, we, this bunker solutions, uh, technology is kind of another step beyond, uh, the better Billy capillary bunkering. And they use this, uh, it's almost like a type of carpet and, uh, they, First thing they do is they, they start off with the, uh, you know, uh, well, the first thing they did, they had to act, actually get rid of everything that was a component of the old bunkers. So literally we had to go dig all this stuff out and then go bury it, uh, out in the woods, sand, uh, you know, any of the old pipe and stuff we had to dispose of. And and then they come in and reshape the whole thing. So it starts out uh, in the dirt and they get all the, you know, they're, they're shooting elevations and things like that to make sure that uh, they've, they've got everything just right. Then they lay this, this, it looks like carpet to me, almost like a shag carpet. But the nap of it is uh, kind of what keeps the sand in place. It's white. The carpet is white and it's it's you know it's it's pretty robust and so when you're going up a slope the nap of the carpet actually is pointing up towards the sky so that when when you get done with it they they put sand on it and the sand is not that that thick so you won't you won't get a fried egg up there but it does keep the sand in place and then it also allows the drainage to kind of go down through the carpet so the sand, it keeps the sand in place and the and the drainage kind of goes down below and then catch basin somewhere so uh pretty fascinating again we've got about uh I, we started out with uh i think sixty seven bunkers on our property and uh we really only eliminated uh a handful of bunkers and we actually added a couple of them as well so we we probably uh our goal was to try to get to eliminate about maybe fifteen percent of the square footage of the bunkers, and I don't think we did, we did quite that much maybe maybe ten percent but um they you know they look so much better. We use, you know this new type of sand that's uh very bright and uh in 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 the bunker it the bottom of the bunker is very very playable. And then all the where it rounds up to the edges just kind of creates a little bit of a bowl. So if you hit it, if you hit it to that, it'll generally roll back down.
0: David, you mentioned that part of the decision process to eliminate some of the bunkers were those that you had never hit into over the life of the course. Talk about that, but also talk about how you decided which ones to eliminate besides those. And how did you decide where the new ones needed to go?
1: Uh it was just a collaboration between uh Tripp and his team and myself and uh and a couple of other people around here. We just kind of thought, okay, well, to add a little bit more nuance and challenge to a particular hole, most of the bunkers that we added were smaller bunkers that were placed um, you know, to kind of force a shot uh more uh, less direct at a green, but maybe a, a little bit more to the right or a little bit more to the left. So um, it, uh, it, it was literally every, every bunker was a different set or matrix of decisions. And we had, we had discussions and uh it's, I, I did not document the whole thing, but you know, sometimes we'd go full circle and we would, yeah, we would eliminate a bunker and then we'd say, No, we're not gonna eliminate, we're gonna make it smaller and then we okay, what we're gonna do is break it up into two bunkers and then uh eventually we just kind of said, Okay, this feels right, paint it out on the ground and um you know, it's a, it's not a it's not a cheap it's not a cheap project either. Obviously we don't have as many bunkers as uh, you know, a lot of courses do, but um and our our project was about a million two, so if you think about that, that's a that's a pretty good cap- capital cost in and of itself, and we did it uh, nineteen years after we had you know built the original design.
0: You mentioned to go the trip is kind of like an artist. Well, you are an amazing artist and a graphic designer as well. Do you get to let your artistic eye interject ideas? Into any redesign projects for what it needs to look like when it's done? Well, I'm,
1: I'm a, uh, I'm a golfer. Uh, been a golfer pretty much my whole life. I was the only one in my family that was a golfer. And, uh, your, your last guest, uh, I caught up the, the tail end of, uh, Nancy's, you know, your, your, uh, time with her. And she mentioned Kathy Postalwaite, and yes. she called a Posty. but it, 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 it's a small world, but, uh, Kathy Postalwaite's family moved to Silicaga, Alabama, which is where I'm from. And, uh, they were, he, her father was a head golf pro and the superintendent and Kathy and her brother, Kenny were both. Extremely good golfers and they were actually for, for a time there were playing out of a little Coosa Valley country club, which is a nine hole course. And when, when I heard that, I was like, man, I hadn't even heard her name in a long time, but, uh, I can remember playing, playing with her a couple of times just as a kid, but, uh, uh, but anyway, I, I, I just thought that was interesting, but yeah, so I'm a, I, I am a, uh, I'm an artist. Uh, I've, I've done a lot of portraits of, of, uh, golfers and, uh, and, but also, you know, other people, uh, such as, uh, you know, Dr. Billy Graham and Martin Luther King and Bale Earnhardt. And, you know, a lot of times, uh, somebody will pass away and I'll just kind of get the itch and want to do a portrait. And I, and I did a lot of those, uh, back when I was in the fertilizer business and it seemed to work pretty well for me, but I am, I'm very visual. I i uh, i have all these journals that I'm constantly filling up with just ideas of different things. Um, so when, you know, when, when Trip came in here and he had his little pad and he was sketching some things, he and I really connected because he's a, He's an artist. He's a different type of artist than I am, but I really appreciated what he was doing and we were able to, uh, to have that connection. So when, when Trip would describe something that, you know, that he was trying to accomplish on a particular hole or with even, even a particular bunker, uh, we were just able to connect on that. And, uh, sometimes I, I could speak into it. I, I obviously let him do his thing because He's very good at it, and I'm, you know, I've, I've never designed a bunker in my life. However, I'm all about the golf experience and want the experience to be, um, you know, very fun for uh, the average golfer. Uh, you know, you want to have challenge for the for the better golfer as well, and you can do that with links sometime and, and, and uh, strategically you know, setting bunkers and, um, things like that. But I'm just, I'm, I'm all about just Really? I, I want a, uh, if somebody comes out here and they, they come and shoot the best round of golf that they ever have. uh to me, that's, that's pleasing. And, uh, because the world's made up, there's a whole lot more, uh, you know, 10 handicapped and above golfers than there are scratch and below. So, right. uh, I, and, and golf, yeah, you know, golf had a resurgence since COVID, but, uh, you know, before that golf, golf had gotten perhaps a little bit too hard and, and, uh, and, and very time consuming and things like that. So, uh I just, you know, I'm, I love, I love connecting with other artists any any in any shape, form or fashion, but in golf and landscape architecture particularly, you know, I, I really love that.
0: David, do you have any other innovations being tested out on the course now or maybe some coming up here on the horizon?
1: You know, we're um we're always open to whatever back back in the day when we were you know, we hosted over ten thousand golf course superintendents here. Back in the nineties the and early two thousands. And, uh, we, we had, we had innovations on every hole and we were partnered with some of the top brands and, and golf, uh, golf course maintenance. And what we would do is we would, uh, that nuance we sh- would showcase because these golf course superintendents that we were trying to sell, uh, our fertilizer product to, they were interested in anything that, uh, was new, was innovative, and that they could possibly embrace and take to their own course. So, uh, we did a lot of that, B- much more then than now. Uh, you know, occasionally we'll, we'll have something new on the driving range or something new, uh, out on the course. We, uh, we started out with about thirty five different grass types here, and uh but all that was for the fertilizer business that we had now that we're just into the golf business it's It's really more about just kind of maintaining um you know, what what we you know the business that we're in right now and trying to make it as efficient
0: as possible. David, talk about the other things that you have to offer there at the resort beyond the golf course
1: yeah so um obviously uh when when we first opened all we had was a golf course and a guest lodge and so uh once we sold the fertilizer business, we had to go through a transformation and a rebirth of uh you know the course was never built to be like a resort course. But once we sold the business, we had a public golf course that we needed you know we had people wanting to come out here and stay and and uh adding restaurants and um but now it's uh when you come into Purcell farms you'll first thing you pass is the Orvis shooting grounds and the the family that owns orvis uh which is you know known for their uh upland bird hunting and uh you know. Uh, fly casting reels and rods and, uh, and clothing line. They have a, a wonderful facility at the front side of, uh, of our, uh, our property. And, uh, and so now we've got kind of the best in, in the golf in Alabama, public golf. And then we've also got the best in shooting and fly fishing, uh, and, and we do some, some hunting out here. So that's kind of cool. Then you come in, we have a new inn that, uh, we added 40 additional rooms, which is really, really nice. Uh, we added, uh, two restaurants to our clubhouse. So now we have three restaurants on property and we also have, um, a uh, wonderful wedding venue, which is a big business now. Um, and we are hosting sometimes, you know, two weddings a weekend. And, uh, we, so we have a total of 81 guest rooms here now. It's, uh, sometimes it's really hard to get a room just because of, um, the popularity of, of the entire facility. We have 3200 acres. We have horseback riding. We have a spa. We have, uh, UTV rides. We had axe throwing. Wow. Kind of cool. I still haven't done that, but, uh, but that's, uh, yeah, I see people going out there and, uh, throwing an axe and hitting a bullseye. So it's pretty cool. So we, we try to add new things like that all the time because if you're hosting people out here, they're spending the night, um, the, uh, you know, the idea is to, to try to add as much entertainment as possible, uh, to keep them here for multiple days.
0: How can our listeners get more information about the resort and then stay up to date with all the great things you guys are improving, adding and doing there, whether it's on your website or it's through social media?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, obviously we have, uh, you know, Facebook page uh, and uh, we also our uh, website is farm. T-U-R-S-E-L-L-F-A-R-M-S dot com. Great website and, uh, um, it's got everything, you know, you literally, you can, you can be on the website for about two minutes and see, you know, the, the, the grand overview. And again, it's a big property. It's got elevation up to 1100 feet. So there's a lot to see, uh, for anybody who comes here. And then last thing I'll, I will, uh, remind you, is, uh, you know, we, we do have one of the most picturesque golf holes in, in all of golf, but certainly in the southeastern United States, it's, uh, it's our hole number five and it drops 170 feet from T to green. It's just a great par three and it's, uh, you know, built into the Appalachian mountains, right into the foothills. So there's, it gets, there's a lot of, uh, a lot of photos that are circulating about that hole.
0: David, thank you so much for coming back and being a part of the show tonight and for everything you're doing out there at Purcell Farms. It's fantastic stuff. I wish you a lot of luck. I hope we get the privilege of catching up with you again real soon because you're fantastic, my friend. Problem. Thank you, Chris, for allowing me to be on your show. Take care, David. All the best to you and your family and everyone at Purcell Farms. Looking forward to catching up with you again soon. That is David Purcell of Purcell Farms, the number one course in the state of Alabama. You heard about how picturesque the whole number five is. Well, the whole course is fantastic, folks. Go online and check it out for yourself. Looks fantastic. And then as you heard, you've got so many other options for things to do during your stay and play there. So whether you and your buddies, you and your wife, you you love golf, but you also want to have some other things to do over a long weekend. They give you a lot of options. So, David and what they are doing there is just outstanding. Looking forward to having him back on the show again real soon. All right, my friends, it is time for me to put a bow on this episode of Next on the Tea. My sincere thanks go out again to Brian Jacobs, Cindy Miller, Nancy Corsolino, and David Purcell for joining me tonight. Scheduled to join me next week are our resident director of instruction, Tom Patchery, will be back. Another one of the top instructors in the game, Debbie O'Connell, will be here. Always have so much fun when Debbie's a part of the show. Former commissioner of the LPGA and author of the new book, Arnie and Jack, Charlie Meacham will be making his third visit to Next on the Tee. Looking forward to having Charlie back as part of the show. And then we'll round it out with a visit from Stephen Yellen. Stephen teaches the fluid motion method. He has worked with our good friend Scott McCarron, plus other players like Lee Jansen, Trevor Immelman, and Robert Allenby as well. So, looking forward to having him as part of the show. It's going to be a great one, folks. I hope you'll come back and join me. You can listen to this show as a podcast on just about every major podcasting app out there, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Audioboom, Player.fm, and Podbean, just to name a few. Please check out our website, net to see what our upcoming guest schedule looks like. Plus, we've got links for you there for a lot of recent episodes, individual guest segments, so whether you've got two hours or 20 minutes, we've got some great content on there for you as well. Folks, I can't thank you all again for choosing to listen to this show tonight. I know there are a lot of great golf podcasts out there. I really am thankful you continue to make Next on the Tee part of your golf content. Until next week, hit them straight, my friends.